good morning, good afternoon, whatever time of day it is that you are listening. Folks, thank you very, very much for listening to the day. Today is the 26th of April, year of our Lord, 2021. Welcome to yet another edition of the Bun and Cardigan Show. I'm, of course, joined by the on-again, off-again man who wears the cardigan, James Edwards III and of you are the Athletic. And I am your co-host, Nicholas Hinkle. We actually had to cut that out of the intro from the last episode because um, we had a bunch of technical problems. James, in his infinite wisdom, was willing to stay up until probably close to 2 in the morning your time um, to actually get it solved uh, for a release time that was about four hours following that. So everybody thank James for that. Um, the episode was literally unlistenable if he didn't fix it. Like, it was bad. Um, yeah, it was but off. W- what we had said was I had made the realization as I was doing my introduction that in the 28 episodes that we had done up to that point, I had never once said what my name was. I always introduced James. I've never said my name. And we agreed, like, people know who I am, at least at this point. Um, so it's not a big deal. But yes, hello. I'm Nicholas Hinkle, a.k.a. Motown Noah, um, a.k.a. the champion AKA, of Mr. Twitter. A.k.a. I took your girl and I didn't say sorry, a.k.a. Uh, my chest is out, a.k.a. Lemon yes. Pepper. Lemon Pepper Fingers, aka, uh, aka, I, aka, I don't go to the dentist. The dentist comes to me, aka, I don't know. I'm a big fan of Lemon Pepper Fingers. I like that. So two of those things were, they were true. I am not wearing a shirt and I am eating lemon pepper wings. I got home from work less than ten minutes ago. I've been working all day. So if I have any questionable takes today, the uh, fail safe is that my brain is complete. Mush. So, James, you, of course, work for The Athletic. It's become almost customary that uh, maybe not every single show, but maybe every other show, we'll touch on a topic that somehow ties into something that you're writing. I don't know that we're necessarily going to do that today, but do you have anything coming out maybe the day that this releases? Um, what are you working on right now, James? I, I'm glad that you brought that up. On Monday, the day that you're listening to this, myself, John Hollinger, and Sam Vicini, we did a, wait for it, redraft of the 2020 nba draft pistons fans i know you're just biting at the bit to learn where isaiah stewart where we had isaiah stewart go where we had sadiq bay go did killian hayes fall uh who rose the highest so we did the we redid the lottery picks one through 14 um it was us three i reached out to them to do this because one uh, i love working with those two those are two of the smartest in the world at what they do um, and three, Detroit has had a very, very successful year with its rookies. And I was curious to see their thoughts on where the likes of, again, Isaiah, Sadiq, and Killian would go with sure. a year under their belt. So I, it's, everybody loves a retrospective game. So as you're listening to this, either press pause or go bookmark it and read after you listen to this. We did a redraft of the 2020 NBA lottery. Can you give me a little teaser? <clears throat> it's not related to anything anyone's going to care about. It's something I care about. Yeah. Did Jalen Smith drop out? Yes. Cool. That's all that I needed to know. There's your yeah. primer, folks. Jalen Smith in a 2020 uh, NBA redraft is not a lottery pick. That's he fun. I'm excited. I'm excited to see where a guy like uh, Obi Toppin goes, where a guy like Denny Avdia goes. I'm excited to see that. Well, I'm, you're going to see that neither one of them are in there. Well, there's the okay. All right. My prediction was I was that that I was about to say is I don't think Obi's going to be in there. I think there could still be a case for Denny. Um, that's going to be very interesting. I think. I'm going to assume that Killian probably fell. I know for a fact. Don't say anything else, James, but my prediction here is that Killian is probably still in the lottery. He definitely fell. Um, Sadiq and Isaiah are obviously the interesting pieces here. So that's going to be very fun. It's, yeah, it's we, a- we, we factored in a couple things. One, um, fit. It was primarily like how you would do the lottery. Some guys, Sam and, and John in particular, they went with 
high upside guys still, and, and they factor that in. I, there was a couple instances where I factored in fit um, based on kind of how the team picked in the actual 2020 draft. So there's some interesting names in there. Um, there is a particular piston that went higher than I think um, – somebody else in the situation would have would have given them so yeah check it out it, it, it was really fun Saban Lee sliding into the lottery here's a question for you um when you think of a story like this or or generally just what is your content planning strategy like I don't I mean I don't know if you have any little secrets here that you don't want to give away but are you thinking okay um are you thinking like do you have a, a sort of calendar that you're doing like I want to do this then or what is your creative process like and sort of how you go about coming uh, up with these stories um great question during the kind of active part of the season it's a little more structured i have ideas that i want to execute well i guess we'll say during the no- active part of the season and during normal times when i know i can get guys at any moment um obviously this year is different it's kind of really really tough to get guys one-on-one yeah you have to go through hoops and all that stuff um so under normal circumstances in the thick of the year there is a plan and an idea. I usually map it out like a week and a half, two weeks, what I want to do for a week or two weeks ahead. Now we're at the part of the season where I think everybody's just kind of done with the season in Detroit land and Pistons land and just is ready for the draft. So right now it's a little more just kind of day to day. If something happens in a game this week, I'm, I might write off of it. Um, I'm trying to trickle in draft stuff because that's what people start, talk, care about, and then I'm going to go full-fledged draft stuff once the season ends. That was always the thing writing for Piston Power is you did have people who are really strong with their content strategy. Me, for the year and a half or maybe close to two years, I don't exactly recall at this point, that I wrote for them, it was a day-by-day thing. I mean, some there were instances where I was a little bit jazzed about an idea that I'd think of maybe a day ahead of time and I'd have to wait for certain events to actually unfold to write about it. Um, but for the most part, it was I wake up and think, what do I want to write today? And I'll sort of, I'll pour through some data or I'll read about what people are talking about or see, you know, monitoring current trends sort of like what you're saying right now, even writing about the draft. Like, this is what people care about right now. I kind of want to capitalize on this. Why don't I t- tackle that subject? It was That was just always kind of what it was for me. Um, I found that really exhausting. The difference is your volume is a lot lower than what mine had to be. So you have a little bit more leniency, and you're yeah. like you're never going to put out fluff. That's not what your job is. So um, um, Some of it people might consider fluff. But, yeah, like I, I, I try to at least have something either – like the Frank Jackson thing I did last week um, – it wasn't like new, like there, there, like the quotes and stuff weren't like new stuff. But like, I don't think people knew. Well, I know people didn't know that they tried to sign him as a free yeah. agent. So like, I, yeah. I always try to have. I feel like that's a big part of my job, and that's kind of always my top priority. Whether it's a analysis piece, um, a game, uh, something, a trend, a game, or obviously a big feature, which I love to do, and yeah. kind of like made my name on. I always try to have something that somebody doesn't know, so it makes it worth it. And I thought, even though the Frank stuff was like, oh, everybody knew he was playing well, I don't think anybody knew that they wanted, that there was mutual interest and it almost happened in free agency aside from later on in the year. It's funny because when I initially read that, I I did this. The problem with this last year is is time has become a flat circle, and I kind of don't remember certain things or when certain things happened or or if something maybe I make some of that. So I read the you know Detroit had like you said initially tried to 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 bring on Frank Jackson in the offseason. I was like, 
was that news? I was like, did we know that? I don't think we knew that. It's similar to uh, Drew Holiday's on J.J. Reddick's podcast, and he talks about how he requested a trade from New Orleans, and Milwaukee ended up being the destination that, that he was sent to. And I'm like, Drew Holiday requested a trade formally. Was that news? That's news. That part was that. out there. Was it? The, the Drew part was, yeah. I didn't – I don't recall I think that. so. Maybe I'm wrong. I thought so. Right. Maybe it's just because it's something that we assumed. Maybe yeah. I just missed something. I don't remember. Because at this point, it, we're, we're six months removed from it, and so much has happened since then, and, and it just, you know, it's whatever. But I kind of want to backtrack a little bit. So you talk about not being able to get guys one-on-one because of the current circumstances of this season. And you talk about the current circumstances of this season versus what a quote-unquote traditional season is like. Now, in this season, you hear a lot of players, a lot of fans, a lot of media members talk about how they don't like this season it's just weird there's a lot of chaos it feels clunky injuries are obviously the biggest thing um offenses are are putting up historic numbers defenses are conversely putting up historic numbers in the in a in a very bad way um when you think about rookies like Sadiq Bey and I don't I'm not gonna lump Killian in because he hasn't played a ton of games Saban Lee Isaiah Stewart you wonder if they're playing this well in a season that is as chaotic as this, what does that leap look like next season in, again, the aforementioned traditional sense? Do you think that this sort of um, proposal has any merit, or is it just wishful thinking to think that when we do go back to 82 games and they have a few more games off and they're not playing as many back-to-backs, that maybe they're going to be even better? Oh, I mean, certainly. I mean, Dwayne has talked about how all rookies, but he's kept it specific to his, and players have said it. Like there isn't, there wasn't a summer league, there wasn't a traditional training camp. So, a lot of the kind of first action for those guys was in a preseason game and quickly into the regular season. So, that's massive, and we've talked about it before. I expect all those guys to play in summer league. Um, but yeah, even to your point, like they're just going to be more relaxed on top of one, not games kind of piling on top of each other. And two, the fact that they're like going to be able to like go out and explore and like yes. release themselves as human beings and not just be look cooped up. Look for TGI Fridays. Yeah. Go look for a TGI Fridays. Go have a nice steak dinner. Go out to the club, the bar with like your teammates. Go the see. Lounge. Yeah. The hookah lounge. Like <laughs> it's just going to be more free. You, we hope not. I mean, that's the, that's the wish. Um, certainly I think, I don't know if it's going to equate to better play, but I think the odds were definitely stacked against them this season to have struggling rookie years. And they Sadiq and Isaiah specifically have, have not. Yeah, absolutely. If you had to look at sort of this roster, <clears throat> excuse me, top to bottom, um, we talk a lot about the rookies on this on this show, especially recently. Um, who do you think? I don't want to talk about a guy like Jeremy Grant just yet. I actually do have something I want to say about him. So just don't really include him in this. Troy Weaver. If you want to talk about you know what what makes a Troy Weaver guy, which by the way was actually a question that I meant to ask during our mailbag because somebody did ask that. What do you define as a quote unquote Troy Weaver guy? I apologize, I don't have it in front of me, so I don't recall who asked it. But that is a great question. So I actually do kind of want to talk about it a little bit here. Um, one of the things, one of the, the characteristics that goes into being a Troy Weaver guy, I feel like is um, super high two-way potential of one of the very many things. Who do you think on this roster embodies that the most? Who do you look at and think on both ends of the floor, I think in five years, six years, this guy is going to be a force? Um, 
who would you say that is? Yeah, I mean, when you factor in kind of the archetype and the build of this player, Hamadou Diallo comes to mind. Um, athletic as all hell, um, plays his ass off, needs to is a good defender, can improve, I think, kind of the mental aspect of defending, um, just being in a better place at better times and, and making better defensive reads. But the athleticism and the physical gifts that come with being a good defender are there. Um, offensively, I, I've said it before, he's a jump shot away from being a starter. Josh Jackson I would put in there, but I think he's just a little – I think Josh just kind of just is what he is at this point. Which um, isn't a bad thing. Which I isn't a bad that. thing. No, which isn't a bad thing. I'm just saying I don't know if Josh is – how many he's only 22. Yeah. Um, Josh is 24, I think turns 25 this year if I'm not mistaken. So, like, he's – I think he's kind of settled into the type of player he is. I mean, I think Isaiah Stewart fits in that mold. I think Sadiq Bay fits in that mold. People automatically think Troy Weaver and they think six seven athletic can't shoot, but I don't think that's necessarily it. I think it's guys in that range of size, but compete like it's just competitive guys, and I uh, they, they come in different shapes and form on this Pistons roster, like we talked about. Sadiq Bay is not the most athletic, but he competes. Isaiah Stewart's not the tallest, but he competes. Um, Killian Hayes isn't necessarily a guy that you would consider like a you'd consider maybe him more of like a finesse player, but he gets after it. Um, I, I think that's the biggest thing. Just guys that are just going to come in and give their all and bust their ass. And some, in, in some instances, the skill hasn't caught up to that. And that's kind of what determines how good a guy's going to be when, when, when you look for those types of guys. Cause you're obviously, I mean, it's kind of, it takes the approach of Troy shows on the team in a way because they have a bunch of guys that get after it a lot they're in a lot of close games but they struggle shooting the three ball um they they go spurts without getting without getting buckets so it's the high end of those guys is really really freaking good players yeah but you give there's some give and take when you look for those type of guys just because there's always it just tends to be when it, you, unless a guy's a guy that's uber athletic and can shoot is an all star, in every way, shape, and form. Most of those guys that are uber athletic struggle with the jump shot, and that's where Detroit needs to. And I hate saying Detroit needs to develop that because players need to develop it too. Like I always see on Twitter, people like why why haven't they why haven't the coaches developed player X? It's like well. Sometimes it just doesn't work out, and it also the player has to be invested and in, and wants to do everything they can. So uh, I hope that answered your question. But yeah, no, I I, I think it's it's a guy that's just going to get after it. Yeah, it's a uh, it's almost a bad question. The the who has the highest two way potential in Detroit? Because if you look at Killian, if you look at Sadiq, you look at Isaiah, all of them. I, there's not a, there's not a correct answer because I, the thing that I think su- has surprised. Most all of us, and we've talked about it a ton on this show, is Killian's defense. We didn't, I didn't, maybe it's just me. We didn't know that he was this locked in. So that's been really fun to watch. I was thinking to myself today, and I was thinking about Jeremy Grant. I saw what he said. I think it was last night after the Pacer game, which, by the way, I've worked the last three Pistons games. I've missed all of them. The only thing uh, that I was getting mad about is that. They, I thought they were going to win the Pacer game, and I was actually going to A lot to be, of people were freaking out. I knew they weren't going to win that game. I was – well, don't say that because there was a game. They can't close. 
there was a game I I can't recall what game it was, but I texted you. I'm too drunk to do a recap. We cannot win this game, and you said, "Don't worry, they won't," and they did. And I don't remember what game it was. I'd have to go back in our text. Yeah, I'm not I, I couldn't. I show. honestly, I'm so like blah at right this point yes. like waiting for the season to be on. i can't remember who they played before the pacers but you remember this conversation at least i right? do yeah yeah i'm, tr- I'm so, trying to think who they played was it the it was, oh, spurs it was, and mavericks it was a high profile team so i don't remember who it was it was maybe like a week or two ago it doesn't matter anyways i'm thinking about jeremy grant it was after the game he said something to, you you'll remember the quote the one where he was talking about from how last he's, night yeah he's committed to the team or whatever you how this isn't that? uh this isn't it doesn't remind him of the trusted Billy, process yes. sixers yeah um, you hear these great sound bites, or I guess we don't hear them, but you read these great quotes from Jeremy. Um, you know, maybe once a week or once every once in a while, where it it's very reassuring that he is truly bought into this. He's not here for the bag. I mean, yes, of course he is, but he is genuinely committed to what Troy Weaver is trying to achieve, and that's obviously very reassuring to hear. For some reason, and he has done nothing to make me think this. I think it's just, I'll say the point. I feel like Jeremy Grant in Detroit is like, he shows up to the function and he's kind of got his arms crossed. He's not taking his shoes off because it's not his whole day, right? It's, It's not his whole day. I feel like that's Detroit. This is just something on his list that he's got to stop by, shake some hands, say what's up, and then he's got other stuff to do. So you think think he's out? I do, but he's and again, I this has nothing to do with anything he has said because he has only said the opposite. It has nothing to do with how he's played because he's played it incredibly well this season and he's exceeded expectations on both ends. I think he's even a little bit of a better rebounder this season. I don't know if statistically that's true, but but the eye test at least feels like he's a more aggressive rebounder. Um, and I think why I think this is maybe it's just because I've been conditioned in a way to think when players actually start to find that untapped potential they leave for whatever reason they end up somewhere maybe they got traded in which case it's not jeremy's fault maybe it's a christian wood situation and whoever the blame you want to put there i don't care but you end up gone somehow i think it's just because of the the way that player movement is in the league right now that i just feel super unconfident um that jeremy grant is actually going to sign a second contract here well, I think a lot of that is dependent upon kind of what he said last night. He, which we all know, like I don't. His quote, it was a great quote, but like it was, it's all like it was known. Like the Pistons weren't here to do a three, four year rebuild. Like I've said, this summer twenty twenty two is the year that they, like that's going to be the year. Um, next year is going to be hoping to take a step with the core that they've built this year, and obviously adding one more piece, and then the next year they should be ready to rock and try to make some noise. Now, with that said, Jeremy signed a three-year deal. So in a month, he'll only have two years left on his deal. That gives him the possibility to leave if Detroit doesn't turn a corner in the next year and a half too. Um, And I think that is widely dependent upon – one, how they, where they draft this year. Two, how that draft pick pans out. Three, how the young guys develop that are on the roster now. So there, I, I think 
his, I think he's genuine in the fact that he believes that what Troy's building is sustainable and is going to work. I don't think he comes here if he doesn't believe in that. On the other hand, there's a chance it doesn't. And, yeah, I mean, why would he sign another deal if in, by the end of his three-year contract things aren't looking sure. promising, which is a possibility. Like, I mean, things are on the upswing now and they look good, but what if they pick seventh? What if they pick sixth? And that person doesn't pan out, and or that person is just a, a role. They still need another guy. They need a guy. And what if somebody on the roster can't develop into the guy? Like, there's still possibilities of that happening. And then you wonder, like, if the draft process doesn't play in Detroit's favor, do they try to make a splash and make a trade using some of these young guys? And and does that backfire? We've seen that story before in Detroit uh, many times. So, I mean – all the again the thing everything looks promising here in Detroit but a lot of doors are still open and none of them are close to closed let me give you this i i just realized something this is the first time that Detroit has had young assets to dangle if in they were found themselves in a situation where they wanted to kind of go after a, maybe a, a mid marquee name so you think back to the Anthony Davis trade now i'm not it's not a one to one i'm just saying what was uh, but Julius Randle wasn't in that trade. No, Lonzo, Lonzo, Brandon, Hart, Hart, Brandon, and picks and a hundred picks. Yeah, I don't know about a hundred, but I think a decent amount. Who's the best player? I'm. Mean, you have to throw Jeremy in for salary, probably. That Jeremy, Killian, and Sadiq and a pick can get you. I'm not. I'm not proposing it. This is not. I don't want this to happen. Well, I don't. Just, I don't think. I, I don't think Jeremy's included. I think. It would be, I, I think, if you're making a, a trade like that, it's to, it's to su- supplement Jeremy. I guess, duh, because you can't, you're not going to trade for somebody like that, and then that's just the guy. Not you're right. Yeah. Jeremy would needs another guy like you were talking about. I apologize. So you're right. Um, so who could Killian Sadiq in a first round pick get you? I don't I, I, because you can only trade for guys on rookie contracts. The, the, the Thunder aren't going to give you Shea Gilgis Alexander for that. I mean. You're gonna need Depending a few on more where picks. they are, yeah. Uh, You're going to need a few more picks. I would think so. Maybe another one. Eh, I don't know. That's a tough one, Shea. I don't know Shea's value. Um, I like—I mean, I like Shea a lot. I just don't know what would be enough or too much for Shea. Um, Halliburton. That's I probably. Think I think that's too much for Halliburton. Sadiq, Killian, and a pick is too much for Halliburton. Certainly. I agree with that. I, yeah. I agree with that. Like, I, I don't – I mean, you, uh, Halliburton's gotten off to a, a good start as a rookie, uh, but as we mentioned in the redraft, there's a chance that this is just who Tyrese is, which a lot of people thought in the draft. He was going to come in, make an impact. Could If he could reach that number two on a good team level, then that then he really had something. But he could just be a, a really good high-level role player, which is important, but Killian and Sadiq could be that too. So, I, no, I wouldn't do that. Um that's a good – yeah, I don't know what that could get you. Um, people can shoot us their ideas. How about that? We'll let the people chew on that if they have any ideas. Don't say Bradley Beal. No, that cannot get you Bradley Beal. And remember, I know you guys – this is the number one thing when you ask fans about trades. You love your players. Mm-hmm. But remember, there are better players than your players. I had to learn that the hard way. That's all I'll say. No, you need to say more. Elaborate. No. Um, oh, 
Luki Luki Pookie. Is that who you're talking about? No. See, yeah. So I want to talk a little bit about something. The playoffs are right around the corner. Um, we're gonna have a little bit of a shorter episode today. I want to talk a little bit about what's going on with this with this playoff race in the East. Listen, I'm looking at this right now. The Knicks are in the four spot. I I don't. I, it's not entirely inconceivable to think that that's sustainable. Julius Randle, first team All NBA. Can I ask you a question about Julius Randle? Yeah. You play the drinking game. Oh, if player X does this, take a shot. Who's getting Wayne Ellington? Drunk? Pistons open with a Wayne Ellington three drink. Hamadou Diallo sweeping layup drink. There it is. Um, who gets you drunk faster? Uh, Julius Randle every time he takes a jab step or Sadiq Bey every time a team inexplicably leaves him open along the perimeter, <laughs> which is still a thing that's happening. Who gets you drunk faster? Probably Randle just because they're be. running everything through him. <laughs> has to be. But I think he's it, leading the league in, in isolations right now, I think. He might be. Um, you'll eventually get drunk off the Sadiq uh Sadiq's wide open uh, just simply because it happens three times a game, it feels like. But Julius is the offense in New York and is just absolutely balling. And like I said, first team all NBA on the forward spot, him and Giannis. Do you still believe it? Do I believe in the Julius Randle? Just just Randle. Yeah, I believe in it. I don't. This is another instance where he's done nothing but – Prove to me and to us that yes, you should believe this. I don't understand how somebody can make can shoot almost fifty percent of his shots are, are long twos. He's like if Jabari Parker and Otto, Otto Porter Jr. had a kid, but he's making forty five percent of them, and all of them are jab, 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 fall away from the basket, and nobody's even around him. He will inexplicably fade away with nobody within five feet, and it's the funniest thing I've ever seen. And it goes in. That's just yeah, his shooting it. motion. And but he shot the three ball well. He's imp- he's actually like not only has he improved as a passer, he's actually passing. I remember me and my boys early on in Julius's career, like we used to call him the black hole. Like you gave the ball mm-hmm. to Julius Randle, you weren't getting it you weren't getting it back. And he's just an efficient player, he's a smarter player. He was always he always could score. You look down his career, he was getting buckets. This isn't his first yeah. time getting buckets, it's just efficient and he's just developed more into a a true number one option and, and playmaker and it's it's been it's great translated to, watch. to do a good team yeah well. it's trans that team is like i've said on this podcast before in person i mean aside from in person like the numbers back it up but in person defensively that's the best team in the league i've seen um i think they're second in defensive rating in the nba i, th- I don't is it it's not the, they're not behind the lakers i forget who it is it might be the lakers um, I think they're second, but regardless, like it's legit. They have good role players. Reggie Bullock's been really good. Derrick Rose has been good. Quickly's been good. I mean, everybody pretty much except uh, Alfred Payton's in the rotation's been good. I mean, he hasn't been terrible, but he's just hasn't been great. Um, yeah, the Knicks. Uh, so right now they're at the fourth. Like if they get matched up with Atlanta, I'm taking the Knicks. So that's what it is right now, and that's what I was going to say. So I was going to go through them. Uh, Brooklyn, Charlotte. I'm not watching a game of that. So, well, well, you have to factor in play-in. Yeah, okay, Charlotte's right, in the play-in. Play. Let's not do that. That's but I'll take Brooklyn really over it. I'll take Brooklyn over any play-in team. So go ahead. M- Milwaukee, Boston is a wash. Chris Middleton is averaging thirty in that series. I'll t- this is yeah. th- like he. Wait, you mean likes- wash? Like he's they're washing. Bo- wash is like a tie, right? Uh, no, a wash. Oh, I guess you're right. I'm sorry. Milwaukee is washing Boston. Fest? 
Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Chris Middleton, I don't know what happens when he plays Boston, but the dude is unbelievable. Um, so you look at the Knicks and the Hawks, and I just – first, I think it's it's interesting because it's this, this fun little bout of a bunch of whippersnappers kind of emerging in the league. And by that, I guess I only mean quickly uh, Randall, Trey Young, um, John Collins. I don't know. But these two teams who are, like, finally good again and they're playing each other, and I feel like I should be more excited about it. But I don't trust Cam Reddish in a playoff series. I don't trust Kevin Herter in a playoff series. I don't probably trust John Collins in a – well. I mean, you haven't seen it. Uh, you, 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 we don't even know if we trust Trey in a playoff series. And, and you know what? I can say the same thing I about these I trust that Knicks defense, though. I, that's the thing. is I can say the same thing about the Knicks just because neither – like, none of those guys have played in a playoff series. Right. No, I agree. So um, I get. So my point is just kind of doesn't make sense now. Yeah, but I think it's easier – for the defense to translate than how Atlanta's been playing offensively. Um, and they've improved defensively. I would just say I think the Knicks could make their life a living hell in a seven-game series. And even if the Knicks' offense doesn't translate, which I don't think it will, I think they can score enough points and be good enough defensively to, to stymie the, the, the Hawks. I would take the Knicks in that series in, like, six. The Knicks in six. The hilarity of what we're doing right now is I was on the train. I was listening to uh, the low post and I was going to text you and be like, I am so tired of turning on a podcast um, any day this last week. And it's Knicks, Knicks, Knicks. I'm tired of hearing the same points. About Nine the in a row. I was going to say that to you. And instead, I brought them up on the show without realizing what I was doing. I was I've been hating on the Knicks uh, up until like last week, simply because like. They are everybody. You're not allowed to say a bad thing about the Knicks this season. It's like an unwritten rule, mm. and you just don't see a bad thing about the Knicks. And it was like forever they were just 500, and everybody was losing their mind. Now they're like on a nine-game winning streak and seven yeah. games above 500. So it's like I'm going to shut up. But shout out to the Knicks. Shout out to Thibodeau. Shout out to Julius Randle. Uh, Tibbs, potential coach of the year. What do you think? I think it's still Monty Williams if they get that one seed. I still think it's Monty. Regardless, Regardless, but Tibbs is probably two. What What's the most you would trade? Would you trade for Julius Randle? Am I just a any team? I'm not in Detroit. No, situation. you're Detroit. Like, would you trade Sadiq and and Isaiah Stewart for Julius Randle? As somebody who, like I first. said, I, ah, like I said, as somebody who doesn't believe it yet. No, I'm not, um, I'm not mad at you. And then, but then, I believe what it, it actually comes mad down at you to for thinking that. What it actually comes down to is, are we – Jeremy's a three now? Jeremy's a three. Is that three. what it is? He's back to the three. Who's the five? Plum? Plum no. Dog Millionaire. Or Evan Good. Mobley. Oh, no. Okay, if we get Evan Mobley, trade for Julius Randle. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sold. I'm sold. Sealed and signed. She's not my lover like Billy Jean, but the kid <laughs> is mine. Julius Randle coming to Detroit. You and I got into a little bit of – I was, I was feeling legitimate rage during our Josh Hart conversation that we texted oh, about. Yeah. You were saying things that were just flat out wrong. You were just lying. Yeah, I mean... You were you... lying about his rebounding. You go, he's barely played this season. I go, he's played 50 games in a 72-game season. What do you I was, mean? He's part averaging of me, eight boards Part of it was me. I mean, 80% of it was me trolling you because of how much you love Josh Hart. And I think Josh Hart is a good NBA role player. But like you're, I think you're going to cry if the Pistons don't get Josh Hart this summer. Is that is that Harry Giles this year? And then so it was Jeff Green. No, he's a good player. 
it was well i'm just talking about oh all right come on now <laughs> so two years ago uh the year that we signed derrick rose it was jeff green i campaigned for that man i dm'd him um i like cried in the car when we didn't sign you him. dm but jeff green i did gm jeff dm jeff green to come um, to detroit yeah blake tried to recruit him too. i know i heard that but you're not blake griffin what are you doing you i was like what did you say to him Hey, Mr. How, Green, you're my favorite basketball player. How did player, you DM sir? him? He just has his DMs open? Yeah, his DMs were open, yeah. Okay. Uh, they were. I don't know if they are anymore. Um, Probably not He goes not to now. Utah. He goes to Utah, and he gets caught in a month. Goes to Houston. Uh, last year, it was Harry. I was whatever. It was a whatever. It was, um, Tough time. And this year, this year, it might be Josh. People people like the Taylor Horton Tucker thing, though. People like that Bleacher Report threw that out there. I would, Bleacher Report I would rather for those, have Josh. For those who don't know, Bleacher Report put out a, a three targets for like three potential targets for every um, uh, team in free agency this season. Uh, Hamadou Diallo was one of them for Detroit. Just prioritizing re-signing him. I feel like we should probably feel pretty confident about that, right? Just a yes or no there. Uh, possibly. Here's a tidbit: Hamadou Diallo got a new agent. Hmm. You want to guess who that agent is? Arn. Christian Woods' agent, Adam Pensack. Ooh. Um, second player was Josh Hart, and the third player was Taylor Horton Tucker. People really like that THT bit, and I was like, no, 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 no. I know what I have to know. Taylor Horton Tucker's from Chicago. Shy town, uh, and you say shy city. Josh Hart's from Maryland. That's the DMV. He's coming to Detroit. Anyway, so process of elimination. Yeah, the DMV guy. Yeah, you didn't understand what I was talking about. No, like it was making me mad. No, Anyways. I didn't know what you meant. Jazz Grizzlies. I like that. That's good TV. Suns Blazers, good TV. Well, this I'm, is if the uh, the Jazz I'm, don't the Jazz don't want to. Uh, they better not hope Steph gets that eight gets that eight seed. Yeah, I'm I'm just I'm not factoring in the playing game right now. I'm just saying as it is. That's yeah. So, but you're right that that is a that is that could happen. Dallas in the sixth spot. Mark Cuban's probably pretty indifferent about the playing game. All of a sudden, I think they uh, pass the Lakers before the season's over. I don't think that's out of, out of the realm of possibility. Dallas that's has a really easy schedule. I believe they have the easiest. If I think it mistaken. is the easiest. Yeah. Um, they get the Clippers again. <laughs> yeah, they need to get to that five spot and get Denver. And then I want Lakers-Clippers yes. first round. I want that first round. Because I think the Clippers are the only team, and we talked about it on – I do Basketball Buds uh, podcast on The Athletic too, and we talked about it today. I think the Clippers is the only team that makes the Lakers sweat in the whole playoffs, and it would just be very interesting if they got that in the first round. Healthy Lakers, I assume you mean. Oh yeah, I mean yeah, yeah, yeah. healthy. Le- that makes Le- I'm sorry, that makes LeBron sweat is the Clippers. Sure. But I, maybe they somebody made the point in the podcast like there's murmurs that the Clippers don't worry them after last year's uh, run in the bubble that they don't really take them too seriously. Do you mean the Lakers don't take them seriously? Yeah, because of just the Clippers gotcha. blowing. Gotcha. Um, to Denver the I, way they did. People should feel strongly about that. I'm gonna ask you. The playoff, I'm sorry, the finals matchup that you want versus what you think that it is because they're seldom intertwined. Playoff matchup I want? Finals matchup that you think it's going to be versus what you want it to be. What I think it's going to be, if Lakers are healthy, Lakers. Uh, Lakers, Bucks. Woo! What I want it to be. I'll give you hold my. On, hold on. Talk to me. Talk to me. I just think Coming the out Buc- of the East, you like it? Yeah, I like. I think the Bucks got get it done. I think Brooklyn. I think everybody not playing together is going to hurt them. Um, 
And who else am I missing in the East? Philly. Philly. I think they're the new regular season team. I, I just don't trust Ben in the playoffs. I don't trust that Tobias is going to be as good as he was during the regular season in the playoffs. Defensively, they're phenomenal. But, about Ben yeah. Simmons and this narrative that people have about him that he hasn't gotten better since his rookie season. Two things. One, I think he's gotten better, but like yeah, I don't offensively. People look at his averages. And that's what they do. They, they well, he, oh, he hasn't improved a, a, a single metric. Hasn't gotten better. Two things. One, watch the games. He's demonstratively better, especially on defense. Right. He's second one of the best thing, defenders in the league. I'd say he's the second best on-ball defender in basketball. I think there are maybe three guys in the league who can guard anyone one through five. Drew Holiday, Ben Simmons, and probably Joel Embiid. If you want to throw Anthony Davis in there, I wouldn't, but I would. I don't know if Joel's staying in front of Russ. I think he absolutely could. I don't know. Who would you throw in there then? Who would you throw in there? A healthy Draymond. That's a good one. Um, Do you like Paul George there? I like Paul George as a defender. Yeah, I don't know. He's I don't he's not guarding one through five, but like as a perimeter defender, yeah. Drew Holiday and Ben Simmons, we'll just agree there. Uh right? I mean, like I don't think Drew Holiday can guard Anthony Davis, but yeah. He did, though. Yeah, I don't I know what you mean. Go go ahead with your point. Remember when Drew Holiday put Dame in prison for yeah, four a, games? It's a guy his size. We're talking No, no, no. I'm, I'm this isn't think... me doing I'm just saying, like, oh. remember when that was a thing that happened? Yeah. Man, that was wild. Um, so you – okay. Anyways, you think uh, Lakers-Bucks is what it's going to be. What do you want? My mainstream pick of what I want is Clippers-Brooklyn. My nerdy Ooh. my nerdy James pick is – my nerdy James pick is Phoenix – Verse. I don't know. I don't love anybody in the East. Um, Phoenix verse. Throw out anybody. A A team. The Knicks? You want the Knicks? No. I'm trying to think also, like, maybe it could be realistic. I know Phoenix is, like, realistic, but not realistic. Phoenix. Um. Phoenix Boston would be. I was gonna weird. say that, but I just it'd be weird. It'd be fun, but I just can't. Phoenix, sure. Phoenix Boston, Boston. Sure. I'd like to see Devin Booker, Tatum, and Brown, and but everybody else on Boston is just blah to me. Hey, I have a question think... for you. Sure. Would you be mad if the Pistons made the play in next year? No. Does it no, depend on the, how the draft shakes out? So, does your direction for next year as a fan? Solely determined upon how the 2021 draft shakes out. That is the exact point I was going to make. Um, if you come away with uh, Green, Mobley, or, or Cunningham, do try, to, try or to win the finals next year. Or Suggs or no? I said what I said. Uh, <laughs> try to win the finals next year. That's my objective. Okay. Go all in. No, I'm just kidding. But, no, I don't um, think. I think you're. I think that's the right thinking to have one of those three land. Yes. I'm just, I'm being hyperbolic with the finals, but yeah, I want to start to go for it. If you don't make the plan, that's okay. I'm not I'm not mad. I'm, I am going to get a little bit antsy towards the end of the season when I'm like another lottery season. Okay, well, you know what? We'll just run it back next season. I know we're solid. 
right? Next season, I know that these guys are going to be... This, look at the state of Twitter being like... I, I tweet out a, a, about a week ago. Cade Cunningham in Detroit flips the league on its head in three years. You are an unequivocal moron if you found a reason. Well, teams teams aren't going to get worse. Teams are only going to get better. Watch a Pistons game, and you'll know what I mean. And that's real. And I hate to be the guy that just. I think this is like the third time in the show that I've been like, watch the games. But I think there's a middle the ground between how people respond and how you feel. I think if there I don't was, know if, that he definitely. I don't know for a hundred percent certainty that Cade Cunningham coming to Detroit flips the league on its head. I don't know that. In three years, it does. <laughs> I don't know that. I uh, no, you don't know that. It's okay. It's okay, James. Yeah. I'm here to tell you. Okay. That it definitively does. Okay. I'm gonna, you're uh, Nick Stradamus. I think I'm I'm lemon pepper fingered Motown Noah. <laughs> I don't go to the dentist. Uh, dentist comes to me. See, saying it out loud, I don't know if I love lemon pepper finger, lemon pepper lemon pepper fingers. Um, no, I don't know. Again, I I apologize if I I've been working all day. I can't. I cannot seem to articulate why I feel this you way. You think Kate is sweet as hell. You think the team that you love is sweet as hell. Mm. And when two sweet as hell things make love, <laughs> some uh, double sweet as hell comes out. Yeah, I don't know. I, maybe my timeline's a little obscure. I think I'm notedly hyperbolic, but I don't. I think that you are being purposefully disingenuous if you think that in three <laughs> years. No, 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 this isn't towards you. This is towards people oh. on Twitter. If you believe that Detroit is still going to be in this position and they're still going to be a quote-unquote laughingstock, which they're not even that, they're uh, they're kind of fun. I don't man. think like, that's – that. I agree. I don't think that is a fair assessment that they're going to be a, a laughingstock in, th- in three years if they get Cade. I don't necessarily know that the league is flipped on their head. Do you – people seem to Luca's, underestimate – Luca's in year three. Is Dallas, has Dallas flipped the league on its head? He's in the worst. Also, they've done nothing to help him. They've done absolutely nothing to cool. Thanks. 36-year-old JJ Reddick. Oh, thank God. He went got oh Porzingis. They hate each other. <laughs> we just learned that. They don't even like each other. They don't they don't hang out. Yeah. They don't like each other. No. They don't even play together. KP's out every other game. It's like Kevin Durant. What stop trying to come back. The dude is the dude will come off of the it's like the third time this season he comes Kevin Durant's gonna be coming off the bench tonight. It's seen as this some disrespectful thing, but every single time he comes off the bench in a return, some some inexplicable new injury happens to him. People thought Boston was gonna get flipped on the head after Tatum and after a year of Tatum and Brown. I wouldn't say they flipped the league on their head. I'm just I say that to say things take time. Kemba Walker has been a massively what is going on experiment i wouldn't have pointed to him first if we're gonna critique boston but i yeah he's been it's been up and down is he better than terry rogier do we i don't that's a right now no no who's been balling no shout out to miles bridges who's been balling flint's finest um I'm glad that people are giving Eric Collins his flowers as as the league's best play-by-play guy, but I'm so sorry. You are so late to this. We knew this. I'm I'm really glad. Well, I'm he has a, he has a lot to work with. It's a fun Charlotte yeah. team. Whew. Um, Matthew, I didn't tell you this. Matthew threw together his Motown No All Star team. Shout out to my brother. He threw together his Motown No All Star team. I don't have it in front of me. Miles Bridges was on his. Because yeah, he's a smart man. Yeah. He's like he's been playing really well this year. He didn't have like an A tier player. That's another he, most improved. Like Miles might be working himself into top three range. Like I think he's f- clo- closing ooh. in on fifty forty eighty this season. 
gotcha. think I saw a tweet. He could be the first Hornet to average 50, 40, 80. Gotcha. Miles is um, shooting about close to 40 from three. It's going to be really interesting when in, you know, three years we're like, here's how the Pistons can win 50 games. I think it, listen, I don't think people should, we don't, we very clearly can't predict the erratic general managing that goes on in Detroit under Troy Weaver. And I mean that in the best way possible. Um, I still would like Zaire Smith on this team. Not going to lie. I, You're I still, disgusting. I st- people will agree with me. And if they don't, don't people agree me. with you because he's 22. He's got bounce. And uh, I mean, he's not playing anywhere else right now. No, and that's that's when I – you're 100% right, and we've talked about it before, that it's because of that that I kind of pull back on it. Um, obviously, if he was playing somewhere and was sweet, of course we'd be talking about it. But I always was just – I was so excited for, like, that 24 hours. Oh, my God, Zaire Smith. Wow. Excited. Here's a um, question. Can I just – let me finish this point yeah, yeah. real quick. People seem to underestimate the relationships that Troy Weaver has apparently established in the league. We've learned about like four alone this season for guys that have been pretty interesting to watch. So and I've, really I've, I, 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 I watch him before games as players from the opposing team are warming up. Players like him, like they know him. He always gives guys that it's a thing. And we'll leave it at that. What's your question? Who's your favorite young player on the roster? Like this, like turning into your new, like close, like you could see being, have the same love that you had Luke for where you would like cry if they were gone. I'm going to be honest. They're all so fresh that it's, it's difficult. Um, I really like Sadiq, but, but Killian is sort of, I think the consensus child still a little bit. So would you, if, if next year meant a top three pick, would you would you give off would you give up Killian to guarantee a top 3 pick for this upcoming draft yeah yes okay so there's nobody I, I, you yeah. love cuz i feel like I'm if i would i feel like if i would have asked you that last year would you get would you would you kick Luke Kennard off the team to get a top 3 pick in the 2020 draft i feel like you would say no um, no you wouldn't yeah. N- no i i i would say no but I would. You're full of shit. I think I would just be. I don't want him to think that I wanted to trade him. So no. But like the the truth was that. So I, there's no, that. This is a deep love for this man named Luke Kennard, which we've established many times on this well, show. There's nobody on this roster that you could see fulfilling. We yeah. were friends. I like we had multiple multiple conversations. Like I we I got to know him as a person. That's what people don't understand. And I feel like we talk about it too much on the show, and so people are going to get annoyed that we're talking about it I just like again. trolling you. It's funny. But, like, I, I'm i not going to say I knew this man, but, like, it wasn't just a guy that I liked watching play no, basketball. No, I know, I know, I, I know. You know. I'm messing so, with you. It's, um, it's just no, funny to me. This isn't towards you. It's just in general. Like, uh, So, no, but there's nobody on this team yet. Like, I don't have a favorite Piston, period. There's no Like, I love Isaiah. Honestly, I think I might pick Isaiah over I don't Killian. think you do because you went Sadiq and Killian first when I initially asked you. I know, and then as I'm starting to talk about how I don't love anybody on this team, Isaiah kind of came up, and I'm like, you know what? Every time he's on the floor, I just love him doing anything. Like, he could he could do like a Grant Williams refusing to get back on defense and instead giving a transition foul, and I'd be like, you know what, man? you, you, you Take a rest. playoff, you, yeah. Yeah, you deserve it. Like, you earned it, King. <laughs> Beloved. I don't know. I 
but I I don't know. I, I think if Cade's on this team or Mobley, I think it, Mobley will be the he'll get the Luke treatment expeditiously. As a as somebody that I know you're as passionate as you are, I wish that you loved Isaiah Stewart more. I know. I because I it would be it would be, it would produce some great content. I genuinely do. I know you like him. I don't know if you no, love him. I do love him. I don't I don't love him enough yet. Cuz you want Mobley. You love Mobley too much. Oh, but but that has nothing to do with Isaiah. I want them to play together. I want the I want the duo. I want the the, the tag team, the tandem, synonyms. I want it all. Um <laughs> a lot of it is because just recently, it's not that I've fallen out of love with the Pistons. I'm haven't been missing so many games recently. So I almost feel like detached from the team. So people will talk about these players and I almost feel like I'm not allowed to chime in because it's like I wasn't watching the games. So I do feel this weird sort of like rift between me and them right now because I've been missing so many games. So are no you saying are own. you are you telling on yourself that you shouldn't be doing a Pistons podcast? I still do my research. I still understand what's going on. I still have a my finger on the the pulse of the team. I know what's going on. I can't talk to you about uh, what happened with seven and a half minutes left in the second quarter of the Mavericks game. I can't do that. But um, you know, I still at least at the very least will look at a box score. I'll award a Motown Noah best friend of the night. Which, by the way, yes, ladies and gentlemen, I still have been keeping track of the Motown Noah best friend of the night award this season. Which, if you don't know what that is, it's just the player of the game award that I give out every single night at the end of the year when I do the Motown Noah awards. Motown Noah's best friend of the year is awarded which is essentially my version of the pistons mvp and the lone voter is me is me, there i get to vote is there a is there is the i forget you told me on wednesday what the or recently what the what the what the leaderboard looked like is there a, it, is there a close race at the top that you can share with the people now so that they have something to keep an eye on for this last three weeks do you want me to name the players but not say what their vote totals are I would, I would, I personally, and it's your thing, so you can do as you want. I'm, as I think it would be fun for the fans of this show that if you right now told them who the top two are, and if it's close enough that one, that it could be like there, it's, it, there's a race for the Motown Noah player of the year. You don't have to tell them from here on out who won, but just give them a, let them know how close the race is right now. Second place is tied. Ooh. Can I guess? They are with Yes. Sadiq and Isaiah. It is Sadiq Bay and Isaiah Stewart are tied for second place. I won't say who, but third place is trailing by one vote in the lead. I don't even need to say who it is. They only have a two point lead. Jeremy Grant. It is Jeremy Grant. So, so he has Jeremy a two-game lead over Sadiq and Isaiah. So there's two guys that can reasonably catch him. And, and it's possible because they're going to play a lot more toward the end yeah. of the season. We're going to get a point here. With, I don't know. There's maybe a dozen games left or so. Well, I, that. Yeah. I said it a few pods ago. Remember when you asked me about the, the two groups, the young group and the old group? And I was like, we're gonna mm-hmm. s- you're going to see a lot more of the young group. We're and start literally with, yeah. once I said that, it's like every other night. It's the – Jeremy Grant group, and then the Killian Hayes group. Jeremy's going to get rested, and all Sadiq has to do is hit six threes in a quarter again. I gave it – when he hit six threes in a quarter, I just gave it to him then. You stopped the count? Yeah, well, I don't care what anybody else does. He broke a friggin' NBA record. Was that an NBA record? I thought it was just a franchise record. I'm sorry, a franchise record. I apologize. Yeah. Someone, I, the only thing that would have thrown me for a loop is if somebody broke 
Wilt's record <laughs> of a hundred. No, I'm yeah, I'm giving it to Sadiq. Um, and coincidentally, it might have been Sadiq that night. But anyways, how nutty would it be uh, if somebody on this team broke Wilt's <laughs> broke Wilt's record? I was gonna say throw in a name who you think it would be, but I don't think anybody. I don't I, even care enough. My guess would be Sadiq, just because Sadiq could. Well, Jeremy did get a fifty. Didn't he have a f- close to fifty ball? I have no recollection of this. Remember the Lakers? Oh, oh, oh! Or a Chicago oh. game? It was the Chicago game. He went for forty. It was 40 only forty. I don't. Know. I'm not saying it was forty. It was in the forties. Forty-seven. Hold on. Let me start rapping. Um. Uh, My name is Nick. Yesterday morning was crazy. I had to come to terms with the fact that it's not a maybe. Ooh, that sh- is it was in 43. Stone. Sealed and signed. She's not my lover like Billie Jean, but the kid is mine. Um, Artie James, uh, I don't I don't have a story time. I, I, I don't know. You haven't gotten to do one-on-ones. If this, I, It kind of sucks. I feel like there'd yeah, be a lot is, of great stories. Is there an old... I feel like I've named them all. I mean... The yeah. ones that people care about. You got a Kay Felder story? <laughs> I don't. I don't even know if I ever talked to Kay Felder, to be honest with you. You got a how do you how do you feel about Mel Tucker, Michigan State alum? You beat Michigan. That's all I care about. <laughs> That's all we care about. Yeah. I love it. Yeah, absolutely. Shout out to Mel. Um give me an album. Um Cannibal Ox, Cold Vein. It's not gonna be for everybody. And long story short, if you're familiar with LP from Run the Jewels in the early 2000s, he had a record label called Def Jux, and um, he put out this album that he produced by this duo, Vast Air and Vortal, who come together for Cannibal Ox, and it's just a very grimy New York. Lyrically, it's a phenomenal album, one of the best uh, lyrical, like, peek into uh, people's minds and the world that they come from in, in mm. rap history, if you ask me. Uh instrument like the sonics of it it's like a choir taste like if you're into early lp you'll love it if you haven't heard it um if you're not into like groovy beats it's more like futuristic slash grimy it's hard to explain but yeah cannibal ox the cold vein is my my choice for for this week uh corday had an ep come out Album warm up called Just Until Crazy Rhymes. That's all I got to say on it. I haven't had a chance to listen to it very much. Shout out to Corday. Corday. He's living the life. He doesn't even he, need, he doesn't even need to rap anymore. He he dropped a bar about her and as he should. Uh, oh man, it was I laughed. The dude is so he's he's good for him. Um, Artie, ladies and gentlemen. If you made it this far, genuinely, thank you very, very much for listening. If you're listening to this on Apple Podcasts, be sure to leave five stars. Meant to say rate five stars. Leave a review if you're feeling generous. We will catch you guys in the next one. Peace. Peace.